on today's show and talking about the importance of Alex Spee's mental health and what he means to this Texas Rangers team. That and my prospect of the week. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Friday, July 21st. Your Rangers are 58 and 39 alone in first place in the AOS, four and a half games ahead of the Astros as of this recording. But the Astros play the A's tonight, so that'll probably end up being four games even by the time you're listening to this. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is comment nearly any single thing below. Now, on yesterday's show, I talked a lot about this series to the crossover with Locked On Rays. Those are some great guys, a great podcast, and great stuff. Getting to rub it in just, just a little bit in the face of the team with the best record in the American League as of this recording recording who is starting a big series against the Orioles which should be a lot of fun but the story of the game of many things that came out of this game we'll talk more about John Gray and Adolis Garcia's entries the updates on that and the luck the Rangers had there but the story of the game and and so far the best story of the season has been Alex Spies I've talked a lot about you probably read a lot about how he was a former second round pick and how you know he struggled when he you know suffered injuries and had to miss the covid season because there was no minor league baseball and just coming back from all of that retiring basically retiring from professional baseball to go and coach little leaguers and, and youth baseball and kind of finding that joy again the the post game interview that emily jones did with him was was fantastic but, but the story that kennedy landry wrote on mlb.com was absolutely fantastic kennedy is a, is a great writer and honestly this was one of my favorite pieces that she's ever done and it was about the the struggle with mental health and alex peace and and that being why he stepped away from the game he just wasn't enjoying baseball he wasn't loving it and it's easy to say um oh wow you, you do baseball for a living why why aren't you loving it why aren't you loving every single bit of it well it's not always like that it's especially when things aren't going well when it becomes your entire life your entire identity it could be the same thing with with any type of career that's very intensive and you know baseball and professional sports in general are a very intensive career and there are some guys who do professional baseball that i don't think love it that are just so incredibly talented especially i think it's more so with the nba there are some guys who are like oh you're seven feet tall and you're kind of athletic so you're just going to play basketball and do that for 10 years and make several million dollars and you can go do whatever you want um but baseball is is one of the most mentally draining sports out there i mean it is such a grind. There are 162 games in a major league season. There are slightly fewer in the minor league season. There's just always a game every single day. And when you are going through it, when things are bad and things are spiraling every single day, you're adding to it. Those struggles can be absolutely overwhelming. I mean, Alex Spies has always had all the raw tools and, and stuff in the world, but when you got an 11 something ERA in, in double A, just everything feels like it's going wrong and you don't know where any of your pitches are going and just everything has been going wrong for you. It, it, it's really, really hard to kind of focus and, and find a love for the game. It is just an incredibly difficult thing to do. It's, it's the same thing, not that professional podcasting or being a, a sports media person is anywhere near the level of stress or, you know, the level of difficulty, but it, it's a similar kind of thing when, you know, the thing that you love becomes your job. There's that, that old saying, you know, make what you do, what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That's the dumbest phrase ever. 
don't if anyone tells you that tell them they're wrong they're dumb and they're bad and they shouldn't use that phrase anymore because it perpetuates the fact uh, an, an untrue thing because no matter what you do even if you have the best job in the entire world even if you're you know the everyday shortstop of the texas rangers and you know say that was your your club that you grew up loving and you've got a i don't know like a 10-year 325 million dollar contract there's some days you're going to come to the office and it's going to stink there are going to be some days where your team is losing there are going to be some days where things go wrong no matter what your dream job is sometimes things go wrong and when it becomes your entire life your entire identity and you let that get sucked up and take precedence over everything because you have to prioritize it over a lot of different things same with any job that can be all intensive and i i know because i've i've gone through this struggle it has been a grind i mean i've been doing some kind of sport knowing that i want to make a career of this in some kind of sports field for basically 10 years there have been a lot of things that i've personally sacrificed a lot of you know missed opportunities missed birthday parties missed weddings myth missed just hanging out with friends more regularly and it takes a toll on you and you know sometimes you have to step away take a little bit of a step back and and have that moment to kind of realize put things in perspective you know it sometimes it happens all at once sometimes it kind of happens gradually of seeing oh there's more to life than you know podcasting about baseball there's more to life than being a baseball player i'm more of a person than just this job this identity this thing that you you know whenever you meet people you introduce yourself oh what what do you do what's your job what what do you do when someone asks you what you do that usually they're not asking what you do for fun how you define yourself i mean usually they're almost entirely asking what do you do for work which is how most of us spend most of our day and i think that that can be overwhelming when things aren't going right at work or when things aren't going right with your job. And kind of putting that into perspective, um, Alex Beese did a great job of doing that and you know, valuing his mental health. There's this quote in Kennedy Landry's article um, from Spies. He said, quote, I would say, to be honest, fighting mental health sometimes is not the easiest thing to do. There's some long nights, there's long days, and it's a hard fight to get through it all, but I'm glad we made it here. I thank the organization for having trusted me and given me the opportunity to come back and do this, end quote. And, you know, fighting mental health struggles is oftentimes I feel like a lot harder than fighting other kinds of battles because it's it's not something that people can see. It's not something that people can know. And it's sometimes there's a lot of deep shame and even admitting when things are going poorly. It's been, I've been going through this for the past several months. Y'all who listen every single day know there have been a couple of days off in the, in the last few months that I just, I have not had it in me to talk about baseball and have just had to take a day for my own mental health. And I'm glad that y'all have been patient. You know, Jeff Carr and Locked On are are patient enough to like give me those days when things are just overwhelming and some things are just more important than talking about a baseball team, even a very good baseball team, which I do enjoy doing. And, you know, for covering this team for four seasons, I've been writing about them since 2014, um, in some capacity, being paid for it for almost all of those seasons, been doing it for the Locked On Network since 2019. There's been a lot of bad years, and this year has been a lot of fun covering a winning team and a team that is so much fun to have these moments like this and to kind of put that all back into perspective lately of saying, okay, well, this is fun and I'm glad I do this. But sometimes, like Alex Beast realized, you need to take a step away to come back and appreciate the good things that are in your life and kind of put them in perspective. Okay, this is a lot of fun. This is great. And I'm glad that I do this, but there is more to me than just being a baseball player. More, to, There's more to you than just your job or your friends or whatever. There is a whole person there. And sometimes it's easy to forget that. And I'm glad that we have moments like this, 
like Alex Spies to kind of remind us of that. And stories like this are just absolutely why we love baseball. Shout out to Sully and Locked On MLB podcast did a whole show or a whole segment on this talking about Alex Spies and this is why we love sports. You should go check out that episode because it's a really, really good episode. And, and Sully says it much better than I can. But coming up, we're going to look at the importance of Alex Spies, not just the person who I very much love, but the baseball player who is very, very good, why his debut was so incredibly impressive and how it really might shape up how the Rangers approach this trade deadline and a little bit of a look at our prospect of the week. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right, just like Alex Spies fitting into this Texas Rangers bullpen. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know if the part will fit, or your money back, because just like in sports, Confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million different parts to choose from, you'll be guaranteed to be back in the game in no time. After all, it is easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on Monday. Shall be breaking down this massive weekend series against LA. The Rangers take on the Dodgers this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this was a fantastic debut from Alex Spees, and the stuff was absolutely incredible. How, how good was his stuff? Well, his fastball, he only threw a couple of those, averaged 98.9 miles an hour. The cutter, he threw 16 times of his, what, 19? Yeah, 19 pitches. That averaged 91.8 miles per hour. And the sweeper, he only threw once, and it got one swing and miss. It was a truly exceptional debut for the young right-handed pitcher. He got seven swings, two swings and misses on the cutter. He only actually got three swings and misses total, but those were his three strikeouts, including the first batter he faced in the big leagues. Here you go. Here's Juan Franco, the guy who has been the baseball reference war leader for most of the season. I don't think he is right now. He's been going through a little bit of a slump, comes in in a pitch-hitting situation, gets a strike him out, throw him out, double play. Shout-out to Jonah Heim for not only calling and catching that great strike three to Juan Franco, but also throwing out runner Margot on an attempted caught stealing so that just gets the rookie an extra out without having to throw an extra pitch very very nice he strikes out three all-stars of his first five batters that he faces he struck out uh Wander Franco Yandy Diaz and Randy Rosarena he struck out so badly that Randy Rosarena lost his bat he swung so hard out of his shoes and it's funny because after the game uh, Spies said I don't think he he didn't even realize that he was facing Juan Franco, facing an all-star. He's just like, there's another guy in the box, and whoever they are, I'm going to go get him. And that's exactly what he did, which was just absolutely awesome. But the cutter, I believe, was a new pitch that he's th- just added this year, and it's been very, very effective. He threw it, you know, most of his pitches, 16 of his 19 pitches were cutters in this one. And the movement profile on it was was something that was really, really interesting to me. His average six, uh, 200 and. 2,685 RPM, which I was like, okay, it seems very, very good and a very high percentile, but what's what's another cutter, another great reliever who has a great cutter that I can kind of, um, you know, compare that to? The, the average 
velocity was 91.8 miles an hour, which is pretty good. Let's go look at the best cutter, I think, in all of baseball. Emmanuel Clase, former Ranger great, uh, unfortunately. It would be nice to have him in this pen. But his his cutter is, I mean, basically, it's basically a four-seamer because it's 98.7 miles an hour. But the spin rate on Alex Spees' cutter in this one appearance is actually higher than the average spin rate for Emmanuel Clase. Clase's spin rate is 2,645, and... Spies' cutter is 2,686, so 41 RPM higher than Emmanuel Classe on that spin rate. And the, the fastball spin rate is also very, very good. I didn't think that the fastball spin rate would be that good, um, but it's averaging, um, where do we go, 2,389 RPM. And for context, Jacob Grom's fastball averages 2,550. 2, so just a little bit below um, DeGrom's which is in the 96th percentile of spin rate. So, like, his pitches, the stuff, is very, very good. And I immediately trust him in very high leverage situations. Bruce Bochy said he wanted to get him in a situation where he can kind of land softly. But, I mean, I've got to update my bullpen confidence rankings and, and how much I trust these guys in these different situations. The the ultra trust, the A tier, S tier, whatever. I don't know why S tier is above A, but that, that's a discussion for another day. The guys who I trust most in every situation, especially the highest of high leverage situations. Right now, that's Will Smith and Aroldis Chapman as co-closers. I think that's a good deal. Both those guys have been very consistent this year and have done it for a long time. So very, very trustworthy. Next tier, high leverage, almost entirely trust. This is the where I put Brock Burke, who is, by the way, fantastic in two innings of work, having to come in for John Gray, who looked like he had broken, fractured something. But again, lucky news, he only has a bruise and Bruce Bochy expects him to make his next start. Very, very lucky for the Texas Rangers. But Burke comes in and goes two innings, strikes out three, allows just one hit, which um, was a kind of a, a bloopy, fluky kind of hit where the base runner uh, was basically a swinging bunt and his foot was out of the box and he also might have gone out of the baseline, probably shouldn't have been on first base, but you know, that wouldn't have allowed for Jonah Heim to do the strike him out, throw him out, double play to start Alex Spies' career. So, you know what? Crisis averted doesn't really matter. Um, but he is in that high leverage, almost entirely trust, and Alex Spies is there um, along with Brock Burke and I think a healthy Josh Spores. I know his last few outings has been rough, but the bicep tendonitis I think really pay- played a big part in that and I'm I'm a Josh Spores bleer. The stuff, again, is very, very nasty for Spores. And like Alex Spees, he talked about with Levi Weaver uh, on Levi's podcast on the Athletic Baseball feed, um, talked about the difference for him this year being working with the Rangers mental health skills coordinator to kind of, you know, work through some of the mental health struggles that he had been struggling with. So again, the importance of mental health in sports, and especially I think for, for bullpen guys is, is huge. And I'm glad that the Rangers are making investments in that team to kind of provide those resources for their players. I wish that everybody had access to those kind of resources, but that's a conversation for another day and a different kind of podcast. The next tier, the medium leverage, mid trust guys. I, I put, uh, let's see. Who do we have here? We have Grant Anderson, Glenn Otto, and Cody Bradford. And in the don't trust, don't touch him with a nine-foot pole, there is nobody left. That is the entire bullpen. That is everybody who is in this big league bullpen. I think I listed Glenn Otto twice on the medium leverage mid-trust. But if the if the worst of the worst in the bullpen are guys who you trust for multiple innings in medium leverage in Grant Anderson, who who might eventually get pumped down to the don't quite trust. Maybe it's a little bit of a mirage because he can't really face lefties without giving up some hard contact. But Glenn Otto, I trust, and Cody Bradford, even though he did give up a solo home run in this one, which, funny enough, that all of the Rays' home runs in this series were solo home runs. We talked a little bit about that on yesterday's show, so go check that out if you haven't already. Um, But 
this bullpen feels like overnight has been has been turned into one that is very, very trusting. And by the way, uh, when I included healthy spores in that high leverage, almost entirely trust, that would give the Rangers, whenever he comes back, it seems like either Glenn Otto or Grant Anderson would probably be the ones that are sent down in his stead. Um, But that would give the Rangers five guys who I trust almost entirely in high leverage clutch situations, which would be absolutely massive. And, And any one of those those three and the high leverage almost entirely trust. They're just a couple of good weeks away from going into that ultra trust circle for me because Brock Burke was there last year. I still think that I believe in him very highly, not quite as much as Will Smith and Aurelis Chapman, maybe not even as much as peak Josh Spores because the strikeout rate has gone down for Brock Burke this year, but he's still getting that weak contact, still coming through in big situations and coming through in outings like this where John Gray once again, I mean, he took a 114-mile-an-hour liner off the arm that looked like a surefire broken arm that he had to come out of the game early against the Astros. And then keep in mind, which because I'm a little worried about John Gray after this because he struggled a little bit in his next few starts after taking that liner, even though he didn't have to make an IL trip, which is great. I don't even know if he skipped a start, which it seems like he might not skip a start here. And then also getting pretty lucky with the Elvis Garcia hit by pitch right in on the elbow off of where his elbow guard is. So... He had to come out of the game. That looks scary, like there might be something broken there. Thankfully, that's just a bruise. Rangers get the day off. So hopefully that can give Adolis enough time to heal. Maybe he will DH in the next game. Maybe he'll take the Friday game off. Um, but still, Rangers seem like they're catching some pretty decent injury luck. They did lose Corey Seager for about a month and a half. They did lose Mitch Garver for about a month and a half. And they lost Jacob deGrom for the entire season. They lost um, Jacob Rizzi for the entire season. And um, they lost Glenn Otto for a healthy amount of time for the first half of the season. But for the most part, the Rangers have caught some some decent luck in the injury bug. Hopefully, they can continue to catch that luck. Coming up, we're going to look at the prospect of the week and a little bit of a look at what the Rangers did so well in this series that the the Rays did not and why I feel very, very confident about them heading into the playoffs. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. Like I said on Monday's show, I'll be breaking down this massive weekend series against LA. The Rangers take on the Dodgers this weekend. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this was a big game. There was so much that happened with it. I feel like I didn't get up into it enough in the Rays crossover because I was looking at the series in general. But this was a big, big game for Leo DeVeris. Good to see him break out of what I believe was an 0 for 9 slump with, I think, four or five strikeouts to start the second half with that massive, massive home run off of former Ranger great Zach Littell. And the Rangers, again, getting to this Rays bullpen, getting a run off of Foucher and three runs off of Kelly, a three-run shot to raise his ERA up over three on the season. With the Rangers, again, getting to get good bullpens for the first six games of this second half, that is a huge, huge you know, confidence boost for the Rangers and adding on late and being able to come back late in games. The three-run shot by Jonah Heim. I finally updated my Heim time graphic to include him with the new hair. It's been a long time coming, um, but glad I was able to get that on there. But the Rangers did a lot of really small things well in this one, including a big, big relay throw by Adolis Garcia. He kind of fumbled the ball in right field but made a perfect relay throw to Marcus Seaman, who was set up in perfect position to nail Josh Lowe at the plate. Wasn't particularly close. I 
don't know why these teams keep deciding to run on Adoles Garcia. It's just not a good idea. He has one of the best right arms in all of baseball, one of the best outfield arms in all of baseball. Incredibly strong, incredibly accurate, and a perfectly executed little thing that the Rangers did well. Another little thing the Rangers did well was getting a pickoff at second base. Jonah Heim kind of flashed a sign to John Gray to turn around and nail Taylor Walls at second base. Josh, John Gray was able to work out of a decent amount of trouble. Only one walk for him eight hits allowed and four strikeouts and four in a third innings. He was making good pace. And I felt like he, he might've been able to come through six, seven innings in this one. Cause he only threw 63 pitches in those four and a third innings before taking that liner off the leg. Glad the Ranger were able to get him out of there and still get the win. The Ranger starting pitcher was on a heater and they still ended up getting the win. Also another big game for, you know, Leo Tavares, another big at bat, I should say, going down 0-2 to working the count to 1-2 and and then singling home Travis Jankowski to double the Rangers' lead at the time, then stealing a base his 10th of the season. He has stolen eight consecutively. He has 11 home runs and 10 stolen bases. The only Ranger with double-digit home runs and steals. I'm sure Marcus Simeon will get on that pretty quickly. I I feel like Simeon has got to be pretty close with with his stolen base count because um, where'd we go yeah he's at nine so it won't be long before he's there I don't think Travis Jankowski who's the only other ranger with double digit stolen bases is going to get nine home runs before somebody else joins them in the 10 steel club I don't know it, it might be it might be the case because Ezekiel Duran's got only got four, and there's not a whole lot of guys who are really knocking on the door outside of Marcus Simeon. But I digress. Rangers doing a lot of s- small things well, including Travis Jankowski stealing a base. It's just these little things that add up. We talked about the difference between the Rangers and the Rays offense in that crossover yesterday, and the Rays are a lot more homer happy than the Rangers are, but the Rangers are just a very, very complete team. Their defense as well, and a very nicely turned double play. The Rangers done a much better job of turning double plays having a full season of chemistry between Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon just a neat little you know hopping in the air double play turned by Corey Seager just very very graceful and I really trust this defense I mean Nathaniel Lowe being a defensive plus at first base I mean Marcus Simeon we've, we've known is is elite defensively at second Corey Seager is I think above average this year I don't know how much I trust some of the metrics that that don't love him in terms of outs above average but he's fine there and obviously he's one of the best hitters in baseball so if that's your shortstop and he's average defensively, that's pretty great. And Josh Young being elite defensively at third. Obviously, we know about Jonah Heim and we know about the outfield and Leo Tavares and Adolfo Garcia, like I just mentioned. And whoever's playing in left field, which has been a lot of Travis Jankowski, who is also fantastic out there. I mean, the Rangers are just so good at so many different things. And if this bullpen is trustworthy too, I mean, well, maybe they'll end up adding a starting pitcher if if Martin Perez and Andrew Heaney don't kind of change their their ways in in the first half that were kind of rough and find a little bit more consistency, which I believe both of them will, then this team almost doesn't need to do anything at the deadline. I mean, you can still go make a trade for for Shohei Otani. And I I talked about that and the cost of that and and why they might or might not do it earlier. But um, this team is just in such a good place. A little bit of news came out today, Thursday, as I'm recording this. The Rangers All-Star logo was there. The video was a lot of fun. The Rangers marketing team has been doing a really great job with all of their doing there. Um, but the logo itself is, is fine, solid, not bad. I never get too excited about logos, so I feel like that's a, a good enough stamp of approval from me. Now, let's look at the Rangers prospect news of the week. The Rangers prospect of the week today, or as of, yes, um, 
July 21st. This will not be including whatever he did last night, but it is a guy who's only played four games in the last seven days, but he did so much in those four games that I just had to give him prospect of the week. That is Sebastian Walcott, your prospect of the week. In the last seven days, as of this recording, he played in four games, 18 plate appearances, had seven hits, two doubles, a homer, two RBIs, three three stolen bases, and one time caught stealing a slash line of 467, 500, slugged 800, a 1300 OPS in the last seven days. Also got hit by a pair of pitches, so the guy is getting on base and being aggressive while he's doing it. Also, he did make it into the MLB Pipeline Top 100 Prospects list. This is a guy who has played 24 professional games. 24. He has done so much in those 24 games. He's got a slash line of 319, 414, 649, a 1,063 OPS with six homers, three triples, seven doubles in 111 professional plate appearances. He was so good that he got immediately bumped up to the Arizona Complex League after playing just nine games in the Dominican Summer League. That's how good the Rangers think this guy is. He's the 6-4 shortstop prospect out of the Bahamas. He made it makes uh, six Rangers in the MLB Pipeline top 100. Rangers have Evan Carter, number six, Owen White at 44, Luis Angel Acuna at 45, Brock Porter at 61, Jack Leiter at 90, and now Sebastian Walcott at 100. That is six. Only the Dodgers and Orioles have more. They both have eight, and a few of those guys are going to graduate from this list, and the Rangers don't even have Wyatt Langford on there, who will definitely be on there whenever they do their midseason update to include all the newest draft picks who the Rangers end up signing, I believe, 10 of their draft picks and uh, went enough over bonus that they're not going to have to lose a first round pick next year, but they're going to just have to pay a little bit of a tax. Um, seems fine. Nothing really all that notable outside of Wyatt Langford officially signing being introduced at the press conference. He makes $8 million. That's the vast majority of the Rangers bonus pool. He's very good. And uh, he would be the number two prospect in the Rangers system right now, or I guess, I guess is he, he technically goes in there. I know I'm least unveiled my list right after the Rangers draft, even though I recorded it before, but he is number two prospect in the system. Maybe number one, depending on who you're looking at, um, because you know, the Rangers have a lot of talent and a lot of talent that could be on the move at the deadline. These guys have been crushing. I also want to give a shout out to a couple of guys who were considered the honorable mentions in my prospect of the week. That is Abimelech Ortiz, who has been crushing it this year, a first baseman for Hickory. He played in five games, had three home runs, hit 333 with an 1167 OPS. Um, yeah, really solid week for him. And Evan Carter, who despite in the last seven days only hitting 229, he has an 891 OPS because full count Carter walks a whole bunch. He had a homer, a triple, um, four walks to six strikeouts and slugged 500 in the last five games. He has been crushing it. I don't know how much longer he is going to stay in double Frisco. So if you live in the area, go and take your chance to go see Evan Carter while he's still here. I don't know how much longer he'll be here. Maybe by the end of the year, you'll be seeing Wyatt Langford patrolling center field for the Frisco Rough Riders, or maybe the Rangers will want to keep Evan Carter there for the entire season and then maybe bump him up a little bit in AAA. And maybe we don't see him helping the Rangers in the playoff chase this year. It's entirely possible, but I think it's also entirely possible that the Rangers bump him up in the next couple of weeks, give him some extended run at AAA, and then once the AAA season is done, we could see him in a Texas Rangers uniform at the big league level, helping the Rangers attempt to clinch 
a pennant and an AL West title because the Rangers have incredible odds. According to baseball reference, their odds are just so incredibly good. They have a 99% chance to make the playoffs um, in general. Their best case scenario has them winning 104 games. The average win projection has them at 96.7 wins. Um, they also have an 88.4% chance to win the division, according to baseball reference. Now, Fangraphs is, of course, a little bit more pessimistic, but their playoff odds are significantly improved. I mean, they keep jumping up and they keep jumping up and jumping up because the Rangers just swept two di- two different teams that were leading their division at the time that the Rangers played them and were tied or not leading their division by the time they left Texas and the same might be true actually I don't know how close the Diamondbacks are or the the, the Giants are to overtaking the Dodgers in the NL West but the Rangers face another first place team against the Dodgers and I, I kind of wish that they had swapped this series the Rangers could go face the Astros because I mean the Rangers are red hot right now and they're feeling really good about heading into that series but Fangraphs have them at an 88.2% chance to make the postseason a 62.1% chance to win the division where the Astros are 32.5% chance to win the division Fangraphs is a little bit more pessimistic a little bit less of a believer in the Texas Rangers but their playoffs odds are incredibly freaking good. I mean, an 88.4% chance to win the division right now on September, it's not September, on July 21st. Man, what a turnaround this past six games have been. People are recognizing, Rangers are recognizing this team is legitimate. Bruce Bochy's influence is felt. The future is bright. Everything is sunshiny and beautiful. And the Rangers have a new guy who is fixing their biggest problem and having some big righty with some big stuff. Another guy you can trust in the pen with an incredible story to make you feel good about baseball heading into this weekend series against Dodgers. Everything is coming up, Rangers, so make sure you enjoy the absolute heck out of it while it lasts. Thank y'all so much for listening and subscribing, and until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.